0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Guys, I don't know about you, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they are my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy that, who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag, and if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit if you use promo code Chair to activate the offer.
1: Alright guys, welcome back to Guys and ties podcast. Robert along with Dustin here and uh, we're recording this right after the UVA game. We just beat uh, Wake Forest, but we also just heard about Kobe, which I guess we'll just address the elephant in the room here. Not that we really have anything to say or report, but we got to start off with Kobe. I think
0: it's just really shocking because we grew up with watching Kobe and even though I wasn't a huge NBA fan, like I, I knew who Kobe was. And I remember his eighty-one point game, and I remember his last game as a Laker when he scored, you know, sixty points or so. And it's just shocking, you know. It was really shocking, especially for the sports world. Uh, a lot of basketball players affected by this, I think, because Kobe was a lot of people's idols growing up. And I, I don't know. I think it's just really it's a really sad story, and it's too bad because I think that he was someone who. A lot of people thought would be around kind of forever, and of course that's not going to happen. But you know, it's it's sad, and I think that we wanted to address it before we get into the pod because that is something that is on our minds.
1: Yeah, we're going to record, and then kind of the Kobe stuff just kind of happened right before. Couple couple
0: hours later, we're here. Yeah, but but yeah, I think I think that we just wanted to address that before we get into the whole, you know, how UVA is not a good basketball team anymore kind of deal, and. But you want to just jump into that? You know, I don't think we have any much, anything else to say. Hopefully
1: news is better by the time y'all listen to this. We're we're still learning things.
0: We just have no, I mean, we don't really know what happened to his helicopter or anything either. We don't know who else is dead on that helicopter. And we don't really have any other news to add, but we can't. So we're going to, I think, just move on. and, But just express that this is a sad moment for the sports community. And that we we are saddened by the death of Kobe Bryant. I think that's all we have to say about that. Absolutely. But 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 Virginia basketball. Virginia basketball, you know, we are winning games. We're two two, two Yeah, we were talking
1: about this. How do you spin this? We've lost four of the past six, but two of the past three. Two of the past three. Are we, you know, riding some momentum right now? I think—
0: Probably not. I I would like to think so. And the reason I would say that is because the last two games we've won, Georgia Tech and Wake Forest, I'm going to— Let's put it lightly. They're not good teams. Both teams are just riding above 500. Wake Forest is actually below 500 now thanks to us. And you know, they're not great basketball teams. They haven't been good for many years. The lower bottom feeding levels of the ACC and we struggled to put both of them away for the whole game. And you know, we we can look back to scoring droughts for them and scoring droughts for us, but at the end of the day, we barely scored more points than them to in the game and that is unfortunate because we are just hanging by a thread with the worst teams in the conference which is not is not giving me a lot of confidence yeah in what this team is going to do moving forward
1: yeah you know we were or i guess it was this week i was just reading like bubble predictions and ncaa ncaa tournament predictions and we are very firmly on the bubble you know during the game Lenardi had us not on his first four out but his next four out next four out, and then yeah. you know the ACC is kind of a crap shoot after Louisville Florida State and Duke and you know UVA still has to play all those teams so you know maybe maybe they get lucky and pull a win you know we saw we could compete with Florida State and we've really competed with the majority of the teams we played with now there's a few exceptions but we've really competed with most of these teams the only
0: game that we really lost badly was Purdue yeah, And we, you know, the South Carolina game kind of got out of hand towards the end when we were trying to trying to win at the very end. But besides that game, the only game we weren't in was the Purdue game. And I think that that says a lot about this team. Our defense keeps us in. We have a historically good defense. This defense has been keeping us in the games, every game really, without them, you know, if our defense wasn't as good, this goes without saying, but like our, we would have lost a lot more games. Our defense has been historically good this season and our
1: offense has really been historically bad this season as well yeah. to go along with it you know we have we have three players Cody Satman Braxton Key and Casey Morsell each of them has 41 or more three-point attempts all of them are shooting below 20 percent from three and you know David Teal had an article this week about how this is historically one of the worst offensive teams that's like not just an ACC just like division one yeah. you know like we are just playing at a historically terrible level from three-point percentage. And we still haven't broken 65 points yet this no, season. No, we, we hit 65 today, we hit 65 but we still today. haven't broken 65 this season. We haven't gotten above
0: 65. And I don't know if we will, And but we don't need to if we keep defending like that.
1: Well, we're going to need to if we're going to make the tournament. No. But we're going to have to beat some teams <laughs> with scoring. Maybe, so, maybe we can disagree on this. I think we disagree. I think to make the tournament at this
0: point, at, at the rate we are going, if we stay like 500 in the ACC... We will probably not win the tournament because we don't really have any good wins right now. Our best wins, according to ESPN, according to Lenardi, are Virginia Tech and Arizona State, and also uh, what was the last one? UNC. No, no UNC wasn't UNC. a good
1: one. <laughs> uh, throwback to when that was a top ten matchup, though. <laughs> I was there. I had a good time. Throwback, but um, but in any case, th- those are not
0: like great wins. Like if you go back to the past couple seasons, we have wins against top ten teams, top five teams. And this year we do not. And we have some bad losses to some bad teams. Boston College, bad team, right? Uh, you know, the Purdue loss, getting crushed on the road is a bad loss. And we just have not
1: been able to do what we need to do to close out these games. So let me pose this question to you. We're 13-6 and six right now. There's yeah. 11 games remaining in the regular season. We play Florida State at home right now they're number five in the country we mm-hmm. play florida state at home on tuesday can virginia make the tournament without beating florida state
0: yeah yeah we can definitely
1: win we what would de- it take to be in the tournament without beating florida okay state? so we've got florida
0: state at home on wednesday i think that's our best chance to get a season defining victory you know we've already played florida state really close and we know that florida state has some flaws to them that we can that we can extort a lot for example they're not very they they don't take care of the ball very well, and we do a good job of causing mistakes, causing people to make mistakes. So, I mean, we can take definitely take advantage of them. The other, the other games that we have on our schedule that could g- help us get into the tournament are at Louisville, Duke at home, and then Louisville at home. And Duke and Louisville, I think, pose a lot more challenges to us than Florida State does. I mean, just at least in this time of the year. And we haven't played Duke or Louisville yet, but I I think that just based off watching them this year, Louisville looks like a team that can really run, shoots really well, doesn't commit a lot of turnovers, and is a team that can pick apart our defense and will really stop our offense from scoring.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, especially if we are not able to beat Florida State this week, yeah. you know, that that last stretch of the season, two of our, past, our last three games in the regular season are Duke and Louisville. Yeah. So obviously that's a huge huge significance and you know i look at these games and you know you can say you can win these games and say like hey you know maybe we can just get hot and make a run right at the end i'm really going back i really have a hard time seeing how we're going to make the tournament if we're not able to beat florida state this week
0: i think well i think that something to think about is you know what do we have to do not just with those teams but with the other teams that we play to make the tournament, because if we beat Florida State, but then lose to Notre Dame and Pitt in Miami, we're I don't think we make the tournament anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because those teams are not making the tournament, for sure. So what do we have to do the rest of the way to make the tournament? I, let's take a look at that real quick. So, so far, we're 5-4 and four in the ACC, 13-6 and six overall. and We've got 11 games left. Yeah, mm. 11 games left. And we play four games against top 10 teams in that span three of which are at home right yep. three really good opportunities to get a quality win i think we need one good win i think we need four. at least one good win at least one good win you're two. not going
1: to get into the tournament saying your best win is virginia Tech. no
0: i think it, i think if we i think if we get two of those wins i think we would beat two of those teams even if we beat louisville twice i think we get into the tournament pretty okay. easily assuming it's assuming a regular yeah. course acc and i think i think we have, if you drop a few i think we have to stay at 500 in the acc
1: I think we have to be above 500. Really? Uh, Yeah, I think we have to be above. The ACC is so weak this year. So there's three teams in the top 10, and then we don't have another team that's ranked. You know, I was reading uh, Bracketology stuff this week. I Mm -hmm. think it was on The Athletic, and they were saying, you know, what is the ACC's, you know, how is it going to look in the tournament? And obviously, you get Duke, Louisville, and Florida State, and they're essentially all locks. Mm -hmm. And then after that, no one knows. Like, the ACC will get some more teams in there, but it's just... A mess in the middle, five and four, four and five. Like I think one team six and three. Like,
0: like at this point, Syracuse has been playing really well, but they Syracuse sitting, was the other good win they showed for us. Sitting, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, but they're not even that good of a win. we beat I know. that's the first game of and the we season. lost to them too. Yeah, we also lost to them again in a bad loss. Like I yeah. think that's a bad loss. They they beat us to get over it's a good win and a bad loss. <laughs> exactly. But I think you know and you know Syracuse is on a five game winning streak. They they are sitting at thirteen and seven, six and three in the ACC. And they're just uh, one – they're half game out of fourth place. Oh, no, they're, they are in fourth place. Yeah. So only yeah. like a half game out of third place, two games behind first place. I think that they've got a chance to make some noise once they start playing Duke and Louisville and all those teams because because Syracuse is a team that's got length. Buddy beheim has been playing really well. He's shooting well from deep. And I think that this team, the Syracuse team, you know, I, hopefully our win against them looks a lot better towards the end of the year. I would not even count it because <laughs> it was the
1: first game of the season. Yeah, it was like who knows what happened. I'm going. Like,
0: on, I'm going to go on a tangent. But I hate having an ACC game first game of the season because the teams are not ready for each other. We don't know how to play with each other, and it, we we should not do it again.
1: Was that our best three point percentage shooting game? I feel like we hit some threes in that game. No, I can't back that up. I don't. But think I feel we like did. we hit more threes than normal in that game. I don't think I, we did. It just stop. But anyway, that's what I want to talk about. To me, that's the big theme in this episode is three-point sh- shooting percentage because okay. we finally found someone who might be able to make threes this yes. season, and Thomas Tensi. Thomas Woldetensai, uh, in our game that just wrapped up against Wake Forest, he hit 7 of 14, 50%. Now, as a team, we were 8 for 30. You mm-hmm. know, we were, what is that, 26%, mm-hmm. 26.7%. Give him a little bit of credit. Which is...
0: It's um, still really bad. 10 percentage points more than our first game against Syracuse. Yeah. Rob, just, uh, oh, okay. just letting well, you know, we were at 16% right. the first game.
1: Wow. Well, it felt like we made more. <laughs> it's so long ago now. It was I'm with time. you. I don't like the starting out with ACC games. No. But no. All right. So Thomas Woldetensai, he starts out 7-14 from three in this game. You know, the only other three that was made was Jay Huff, mm-hmm. which was the three that, did it tie the game or gave us the lead? I forget. Gave right, us the lead. Yeah. Right at uh, the end of regulation, which was mm-hmm. obviously a huge shot, but... Hey, if we got one guy making threes, it's better than nobody making threes. And you remember, Walda side was about a 50% three-point shooter in junior college. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, different level of competition. We're dealing with a longer three-point line this year. But man, if we got one guy who can consistently hit a three, that's better than what we've had. But, you know, like
0: even if you have one guy who's shooting really well, like he shot 50% from the three this game. Mm-hmm. And if you've got one guy shooting really well, it really opens up a lot more for a lot more people because you get people keying in on you. The closeouts are harder. You can drive by them, pass the ball. Thomas had some great passes. This well, game you saw too. that the
1: pass to Jay Huff. Yeah, you know they had room to drive mm-hmm. because they had to respect that. He
0: also had a beautiful pass down to Momadi. He he pumped fake, dribbled a little bit to the right, jumped a jump pass, and then Momadi caught it and got fouled. He didn't finish the the layup, but he got fouled and. Made two free throws and that put us ahead as well. So Thomas had a really good game, not only shooting the ball but also creating something off his shooting, his good shooting, and then making space for others. Like Jay was wide open for that three because three Wake defenders went to go helpful on Thomas, who you know is not a great driver, but drove right right past his guy because he was able to to pump fake and get him moving. Yeah, which, you know, was really great. So if you've got one good shooter, it really elevates the whole team because it creates space, passing lanes are more open, and you get some extra points from it, which is nice too.
1: Yeah, and ideally, obviously, we want more. You know, Waldean side was seven for fourteen. It's kind of crazy. You took fourteen attempts. Like to think about that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but then you know, Kihei over for four, Braxton over for four, Casey Morcel over for five. Yeah, you know, a couple of other guys were over for one. So obviously, this still isn't a good three point shooting team no but man if we didn't get one guy just one guy and like it, i feel bad for casey morsell because casey morsell obviously was a great recruit and you can see he has talent and unfortunately you know he's making freshman plays the three point mm-hmm. foul at the end was a poor decision it was he, a it had to make yeah it was it a was foul a for sure um he needed to give him more room obviously but you know it, I feel bad for the guy. 0 for 5. And then, you know, Kihei, Kihei, if he's open, he can make him. I remember the Oregon game, of course, where he was really big shooting threes. And Braxton has never been a terrific three-point shooter, but we've seen him make shots before. But it is really mind-boggling. Yeah. It really is what's happening just from a three-point percentage because we knew we weren't going to be good. And then this game, obviously, went for us. Cody Statman didn't play. We still haven't gotten found out too much on that. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But, you know... If Thomas Wolderson sigh, just, just make 50% of your threes. If he can do that, that's huge. And, and, you know, the thing,
0: the thing about three point shooting, it's not like a skill that, I mean, it is a skill, but it's also something that can just catch fire. And for instance, I mean, we already talked about Buddy Behine, but he's shooting really well recently. Thomas is shooting really well recently. He seems to have found it. And people go on runs like this where they just shoot really well for a couple of games and we can catch that and you know, we haven't caught that bug this year yet, but Thomas seems to have been getting more confident and hitting his shots. And hopefully, you know, Braxton can start doing that two of 16 today. was really, really bad. Also three of nine from the free throw line. Braxton was off today. Jay Huff has been shooting. Okay. Recently, mom has been shooting. Well, uh, you know, Kihei has been all right, but he was Oh four today. So, I mean, if, if, there's a time where all these guys can come together and shoot well I think it'll be good because this team has quality players they've just been shooting all, god awful this season and, and it's,
1: it's not like it doesn't make them bad it's just their shooting's bad <laughs> So as we kind of just like address these topics, you bring up that point. I want to ask you about this question. So Mm -hmm. there were a couple articles that I wasn't a fan of this week. Yeah. And one of them was the Cav Daily article, which we can address later. Yeah. But another one that drew a lot of attention that came, especially on Twitter, was the Streaking the Lawn article Mm -hmm. about Tony Bennett and recruiting. And it was Mm -hmm. actually a topic we addressed on our last episode about how some of these classes just, you know, Tony Bennett missed out on his first guys. I don't know if you had a chance to read it but I if, did, yes. if you did, what was your opinions on that? Because I would say the struggles with this year's team is as simple as personnel. And I'm curious, you know, I think the streaking the lawn article went to a couple extremes. I think they made some points that maybe didn't need or, you know, weren't necessarily warranted to make, mm-hmm. but I do think personnel is really the problem with this year's team. And, you know, Tony Bennett, there was a daily progress article this week about how, you know, if you asked them two, three years ago, this year was the team that was supposed to be really good when mm-hmm. all the guys were seniors. Yeah. Anyway, I want to ask you about that because that has got, drawn some conversation. Well, man, week. I think
0: I think that's the simplest answer is that's what happens when you win a national championship is you got an outpouring of of talent from your team, and this has been covered a lot recently. Actually, I, I think especially because UVA fans are just searching for something to like grab onto and say like this is okay, <laughs> this is this is why this is happening to us, but we. You know, we've been taking a lot of, you know, this for granted, not for granted, but like we we won the national title last year. And now we are expecting to have the same kind of level of play, not the same level, but still a high level of play when we lose three NBA caliber players, as well as Jack Salt, who was really a centerpiece for our program for four years. Like Jack Salt started, people forget, Jack Salt started games his freshman year at UVA. And that's because of how he played and kind of the system that Tony Bennett wanted to run. So when we lose those kinds of players, it's going to be different and it's going to take a while to figure out what's going on. I think that it has something to do with personnel. So like if you look at the recruiting classes, like, of course, there are things that have not panned out for us. Tony definitely missed on some high rated players and was forced to move on. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where Kihei, you know, was one of those players that we missed out on a point guard that we won. I forget what his name. I was. don't remember either. But no, I know who it was. It was the, um, the guy who went to Villanova and sucked. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and and he ended up transferring, and we got Kihei Clark, who helped us win the national championship. So I think things work out in their own way, but. I don't think it's fair to blame everything on recruiting because that's just not true. Like we have good there this team has great players on it. And there are reasons why the pieces aren't fitting this year. Jay Huff is a great player. He's got tons of skill. Played bad today against Wake Forest. Five fouls, three points. He's a great player and he's helped us win a lot of games over the past couple of years. Mominy is a fantastic player. Probably will, you know, get a G League contract next year, at least, if not more. Kihei helped us lead us uh, to a national championship. Casey Morcell was a four-star recruit. Thomas Woldetensai shot 50% at, at Juco last year. So there's players on this team who can do really well. And Braxton, I mean, Braxton Key as well, four-star player, high-level recruit, went to Alabama, transferred in. There's a lot of players on this team who can play at a high level, but we haven't put it all together yet. And there's, you know, reason we've had injuries. Uh, Cody's been sick a couple times, and... It's taken a couple times to, for us to figure out who we are. And we still haven't quite figured that out yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you say that, and, you know, there are some talented players on this team. Obviously, Braxton and Momadi were big pieces of the national championship last mm-hmm. year. And this freshman class, you know, we have Caden Shedrick redshirting. He's another high ceiling, four star type player. Right. You know, Marcel was supposed to be and has shown at times how talented he is. We yeah. just need to get him <laughs> making some shots, just, honestly. Just some confidence. But, yeah. You know, the whole thing with Tony Bennett is that he's big on these three guard lineups, you know, and we've even seen him go four guards before and the best players, you know, I'll say in my opinion, the best players that UVA has had come through its system are the guys that can play the two and the three, Mm -hmm. you know, the Joe Harris, the Kyle guys, even the national championship with Kihei, Ty Jerome was moving off ball, Malcolm Brogdon for sure. You know, and, you know, DeAndre Hunter, lots of times he was playing a three, four combo, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we're really missing those players this year. And those are the type of players that Tony Bennett loves. You know, that's the core of the mover blocker system is having those guys who can run around. You know, we don't really have a consistent offense this year. That used to be the talk is, do we move away from the mover blocker Mm -hmm. or do we do this? You know there's not really any consistency this year. No. So it's it's really pe- putting these pieces together and just because there are talented players doesn't mean they necessarily mesh well to the style that Tony Bennett wants to and has historically. Well exactly. And
0: I think I mean I think the, the obvious example is Jay Huff who doesn't fit the style of a Tony Bennett, you know, five mm-hmm. player. And Absolutely. Jay Huff, you know, is not a great screen setter. He's not great at getting rebounds. However, he is a true offensive, you know, unicorn where he he can shoot the three, he can pick and pop, he can roll to the basket, he can catch an alley oop really well. However, he doesn't quite fit in really well with the system. I mean, we can also look at Casey, Casey Morcel, who in high school, you know, played on the best AEU team in the country, played it was a really good player in the DC area, come to come to Virginia his offense disappears somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't, I mean, who expects that to happen?
1: 13.6%
0: from three. Yeah. Like, you
1: just feel bad for the guy. I mean, like, the guy can't get anything. I mean,
0: right he, now. he is on a cold, cold streak. And I think at this point, I mean, it might, it might just have to be like a hard reset at the end of this year and be like, okay, year's over. Let's just move on. <laughs> and next year, you you can start yeah. shooting well, right? I think in the offseason, I think he's going to work on his shooting. You know, we can, hope so. <laughs> I mean, we can see Casey has talent. I mean, he's taken these crazy off balance fadeaway twos long twos and he makes them you can what drive. was the
1: game where he had the really good game and
0: he he had a couple of tough shots he had a couple of threes he drove to the basket a ton and he just but he has not been able to find that consistency and that's not on him i mean that's partly on him but like it's also the the people who are around him are not helping him out. You know, if Thomas starts making more threes, Casey has more lanes to drive to the basket. Jay Huff has more space to back down people. Mommy can pull up on people more often. It just, you know, it adds a whole bunch. It, it Once the pieces start clicking, they will all kind of fall into place. And that we just haven't been able to get
1: there yet. Do you think we will be able to get there this season? I
0: hope so. I mean, if we don't, we're not going to make the tournament, and we, which is not the end of the world. But it's just like... And you know, if we're not going to make the tournament, this is the year to not make the tournament because everyone is kind of focused in on North Carolina. So luckily, we're Just not like taking as much fly of the, under the radar. Yeah, we're not taking as much <laughs> of the heat this year because North Carolina sucks way worse than we do. I did
1: see they beat Miami, so good for what? Yeah, but Miami is in last
0: place in the <laughs> ACC. So, so I mean, there's that. What what do you think about the recruiting articles?
1: I think personnel. Like I said, I think personnel is why this team isn't as good as we thought. You know, yep. I think. Obviously, some things have gone differently than we'd expect. Like, we'd expect us... We'd expect Casey Morsell to not shoot 13% from three. Mm -hmm. But I think overall... You know personnel is what's going on here and you know obviously we lose a lot of guys to the nba you know the recruiting classes that we talked about you know your marco anthony's your mm-hmm. jared reuters you know those types of guys but it, who make, it make, number I mean, one pick it guys. makes
0: sense when you look at it like
1: this would have been the year you know if you would <laughs> if you would have told us our top three players and we're gone from yeah. last year and then you look at the roster you're like yeah well we're probably not as good right but at the same time you know we're seeing next year's class looks very very promising mm-hmm. you know with uh jabri coming in mm-hmm. mccore Who's going to be another lights out shooter? Which I think, God, if I mean, McCorkle was on this year's team, that would have been yeah. nice. Um, and obviously, Beekman too. And you know, that's another ball handler. I think that's such a weakness. I mean, we were a top ten team.
0: yeah, we
1: were a top ten team at one point in the season. Playing, we were
0: number five
1: freshman. Uh, walk-on point guard. You know, you don't see that. You don't see that. Well, North Carolina was number seven too. Yeah, but uh, that's true. Anyway, but, you know, I think personnel is absolutely it and then we'll get Sam Hauser in. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like Tony Bennett became a bad coach overnight. It's not like these guys. I I don't
0: think this has everything to do with coaching. I think coaching is part of it. I think coaching, you know, there's some things that Tony could have done. I like. I think I like that he's playing Kafaro a lot more now, getting some energy off the bench. Kafaro's got like some fire to him that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, four fouls in nine minutes is not great, but <laughs> That's I mean, the old Jack Salt. Yeah, a little. He's like young Jack Salt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but this is like some vin, like some good coaching moments where he's like, okay, you go in and play for a little bit and then come back out. That's great moments, but like you know, playing Chase Coleman and Key Clark at the same time, I do not understand those decisions like that and like but i don't think he has much choice but especially with cody
1: being sick all the time and you know and we're still we don't know what why he missed today's game we don't, so we need no. to figure that out hopefully we'll know by the time this comes out i'm but, guessing sick yeah By i really TBD. i really have no
0: idea and and but I don't, it has nothing i don't think it coaching is a very very small part of why yeah. we're doing badly this year i mean there's no reason to put any blame on Tony and the coaching staff. It's got to do with personnel. It's got to do with, 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 with shooting woes. And it's got to do with just not executing, not finishing the game plan because what, like
1: the coaches can make the game plan, but the players are not doing it. That's different. Right. And it's different because some players are showing up at different times each night. Like a player will show up and then he will disappear for a week. Right. Exactly. Like Jay played really well against NC state and
0: almost helped us win that game. At, invisible tonight. Like, if he hadn't played, it might have been better because he had five <laughs> fouls. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it's just like it's it. We, consistency is also a thing yeah. that we need to find somewhere. And we have not been able to find that this season.
1: I will say I'm very happy that Tony Bennett made the Final Four and then obviously won the championship last year. Yes. Because... Poor Tony Bennett would have just been destroyed this year, especially if Carolina was playing well. Right, and then being like, "Oh, Virginia, you know, fluke system, blah blah blah."
0: I think at this point, Tony's pretty much untouchable at UVA.
1: Oh, at UVA for sure. And nationally, he's pretty close too. Yeah, I Uh, think so. In the Final Four, was just such a huge breakthrough because
0: even though, even though you see like, I mean, look at Roy Williams and Carolina. Like, there's so much stuff being heaped on them by the media. Just being like, this is a bad team. Mm-hmm. Like they can't play. None, none of it's being put on Roy. Yeah, exactly. It's all like, oh, Roy, he's bummed out. Gosh darn, like <laughs> bad team. Give him a coke. However, nothing's being heaped on Roy, and I don't see any of that being heaped on Tony either. Yeah, you know, Tony. Tony can say like, um, you know that the team's not shooting well, that they need to do this and that. But you know, at some sometimes teams have bad years, and I think that's okay. Yeah, right? And I think that's just something like we're, we're going to talk football in our next episode coming out this week later. But, you know, football team next year, probably going to have a worse year than we did this year. And I think that's OK. And I think people have to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah you're and, Right. But it is it is very difficult. And I understand why so many fans are con- concerned and upset because it's hard to go from such a great not not just year, but shooting year. You know, we were talented on all ends of the court. We we finished well. You know, you think about those last three games of the season. Four games, really. Oregon, yeah. Purdue, Auburn, and Texas Tech. All very close games, and we finished them all down the stretch. And we have not been able to do that this year. It's frustrating when you have a lead late in the game and you just can't finish
1: well a three-point shooting and b closing games is the yeah. story of the season you know yeah. we were joking when they showed the graphic on the wake forest game about virginia blown leads in the final five minutes and yeah yeah you know no, what we were joking about is like it's not like they were up by like five or ten and they were just choking away but yeah virginia has been in every contest they've been in mm-hmm. in the acc play really yeah. and you know we just haven't been able to close and you know hopefully this is an experience thing for next year and you know quite frankly Next year's lineup is going to be interesting because the guys that are playing this year, they'll be depth players for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much you know, Cody Statman's going to be playing next year, right. or you know, Kihei will be playing a lot. Does but Chase what time never
0: see the floor next year? Probably yeah, not. And,
1: you know, and in what role will Kihei Clark be in with Reese Speakman and him coming does, in? Does and Justin Debris.
0: How much time does Justin McCoy exactly, get? Does exactly. does Kefaro get a lot of time? Like, how is Howser going to play forty minutes a game for us? Yeah. probably <laughs> i have a so. like he can to, play 40 minutes a game like this we season need, we us. need some scoring for sure and he he's going to bring that i i think it i think it's you know this is a year and we just need to accept what we've got and i don't think complaining about the people who are doing it is helpful it's just like we can point to all the things that they're doing wrong but i think saying that you know tony didn't recruit well is just masking the problem of like well the players he recruited are not Doing what they need to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about three-pointing, yeah. three-point shooting percentage. If that gets up to just at halfway respectable, like, like
0: lower two-thirds thir- of the give league me instead of
1: lower like ten percent. Give me thirty. You know,
0: thirty percent overall.
1: Maybe that's two wins. Maybe that's three wins more that we're talking. I about really right think
0: now. we we like. I think that's three more wins if we're at thirty percent three-point shooting rather than not. I mean, honestly, I I really have no idea.
1: So on the season, we're shooting twenty seven point two percent, which is bad. It's really, really <laughs> bad.
0: It would be it's it's on pace to be the worst in ACC league history, mm-hmm. as well as the worst Power Five school in the whole country. Yeah, this year, and there's no it, it like you don't win games when you don't shoot well, and we shoot a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Like like the 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 people on this floor they They aren't able to get inside for some reason, even though our best players are big men, they're not traditional big men. We've got two big men, we've got two stretch fours really who yeah. are
1: not and kafaro but and, essentially Kafaro's and yeah.
0: not playing enough to be considered i mean he's a true five, but he's he's not playing enough to be any difference to us right now, yeah. and you know. They they are not back to the basket kind of players. Like Jay's really good at pick and pop. Jay's has is the best when he is moving with the ball, or yeah. moving with the ball coming to him. And he is not in the offense this year. He's just not been able to do that as much. And same with Mommy. Mommy is best when he's got space, when he's able to get offensive rebounds. And we we you know he's been playing really well this season, but just not enough to get us over the hump.
1: Yeah. So I'll pose this question to you now. All right. So last year I was firmly kind of final four bust type of season. And thankfully we made it the final four yeah. and we did it obviously win the championship. But to me, final four was the definition of successful season. And I like to do this. I do this with football too. Yeah. I like to define what we consider to be a sex- uh, successful season to be. Mm-hmm. Can Virginia not make the tournament and still have this be a quote successful season? I don't think so. But I think that, you know it depends on how we finish the season
0: for sure because um if we finish the season well it'll it'll be it'll be fine like if we if we get a couple wins in the ACC tournament right that'll feel good that'll feel good and if we we might not make the tournament we might make the NIT but we might not make the NCAA tournament but i think if we make the NCAA tournament you know no matter what seed we are i think that's a win for
1: yeah. sure but you don't think it can be a quote successful season without making the tournament? I don't think so. No. Okay, I, I, so I'd I think, agree
0: with that. I, I think I think Tony would agree with that. I think the players would agree with that. I think that they'll tell you that they're not playing at the level that they want to be playing
1: at. So what? Are, <laughs> I feel weird asking this because now I'm just like getting these thoughts in my head that I've been thinking about the past no, couple. It. Get them out. Get them out, Rob. What's your thoughts on the NIT? Like, how how would you feel if, like, you're, like, getting ready in two months to sit down and dude, watch Virginia in the NIT? Dude, I'd watch the NIT. I'm done for some <laughs> NIT action. Just as long as we're not, like, a five-seed in the NIT, I would be okay with that. Like, if we're, like— So, a like, one- are we going up to New York for the NIT championship oh, if we're I, lucky enough? To. I
0: think I would. I yeah. think for sure I'm going up to New York for the NIT championship. <laughs> you no, know, NIT is really interesting because they do all these— Different rule changes that they're going to implement. Yeah, next very year. experimental. It's very experimental. So, like last year, they experimented with the longer three-point. God help us if they did that and, again. <laughs> and they they experimented with you know resetting the shot clock to twenty seconds after offensive rebound, both of which we have this year. And you know they do weird things. So I think NIT is really interesting. And they also did court. Qu- they do quarters in the NIT, which is also strange.
1: I actually didn't know that. Did yeah, do that?
0: yeah. Last year they did quarters, so I, I don't know if if that's something that continues but i think that it's something that you know would be interesting to watch it'd be definitely be something different i think at, at that point if we make the nit it's just like oh let's just have some fun and let's just watch <laughs> the nit and you know what i like if we lose in the nit it's not a huge deal i think but if we if we win the nit it's like yeah we won the NIT, hang another championship yeah banner. exactly yeah no we would we <laughs> would hang another banner i think it'd oh, yeah. be, it'd be yeah. on the opposite side from the national championship kind of like Hiding, yeah, definitely hide yeah, like, like, yeah, make dark it small. blue number yeah. small 2020. Yeah, small <laughs> NIT champs. I, yeah, I think if we make the NIT, that'd be fun.
1: I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd It'd call be fun, it, you know, if we won the NIT, I'd call that successful. So, you think, okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. So, we can yeah. have a successful season by not making the NCAA tournament, but winning the NIT. Yeah, but I think if we make the NIT, but but don't win it. I don't think that's successful. At okay, all. you just want a banner, man. I want a you banner. You just want a banner. I'm a banner man.
0: I've gotten, I've gotten a taste, and I need some more of it. I need some more of it. We can put like the Nit Championship
1: floor across from the Final <laughs> Four floor in JPJ. Oh, that'd be really sad. <laughs> it would be sad. It would be sad. But all right. So now my last question, and I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about, but we're essentially two thirds of the way through the season right mm-hmm. now. You know, how are you looking at this final third of the season? Obviously, a lot of games that Virginia needs to win. Like you said, four. Uh, currently, top 10 opponents right now on our schedule, you know, being split between Florida State, Duke, and uh, Louisville. What's your thoughts on this? What do you think it's realistic as far as expectations and ceiling goes I for think, this team? I think
0: it's fair to expect this team, you know, wants to win. They've got a drive to win, but they haven't been doing that. So I think that looking and trying to win throughout the rest of the season, seeing how the team finishes is really important. You know, we've got some hard games coming up. We've also got some easy games coming up. We still have to play. We get to play North Carolina again. We get to play Miami uh, later in the season. Yeah, second to last game. We, we've still got Pitt. We've still got a couple teams that are – got Tech again. So, like, we've got teams that we can beat, and if we if we just, you know, defend at the level that we have been and hopefully get some more shooting in there, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we can really make the NCAA tournament – with this team that we've had, you know, we've had a god awful stretch over the past month or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can look back to. I think it started really with South Carolina. You know, we lost to Purdue pretty bad, but we came back, had a pretty good run, and then we lost to South Carolina, and that was kind of like, oh, like this team has got some problems. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think that's really when the problems really started. We started playing in the ACC, and then you know we start losing. We had a four game losing streak, three game losing streak, and we uh, losing four out of five games. And I think it was tough for a lot of people because we're not used to losing. However, I am optimistic for the rest of the season, and I think that we can still make the tournament. I don't think it's definitely not out of the question, but we at the level that they're playing right now, we do not make the tournament. They have to get. They do have to get better. Yeah,
1: I I think me personally, I'll have a better answer for you after Tuesday, after this after Florida State FSU. game. Yeah, I really think we do need to beat Florida State, not only just as a resume builder, but. If this team is going to do something, they got to get a good win. And, you know, we can't just have Virginia Tech be our best win right Right, now. I think this team really needs a good win. It needs a shot of confidence. You know, I don't really know what else to say. Like, they got to start shooting better from three. Yeah. You know, I don't think these guys are changing their strokes midseason. No. I think we need just something here uh make something happen i really think it's got to start with florida state different, especially after coming so close the first time different I strokes think different really, folks but like
0: <laughs> maybe they should change it because it's not working
1: yeah well some, <laughs> something's something's got to change yeah, but i really should. think i really think a tournament run starts with florida state yeah i, really I agree think
0: i think that's a great point all right and with that i think we're gonna give some yells rob any yells you want to give today
1: uh, let's just cover the Calf daily thing now. Okay, that'll, be, do- my that'll <laughs> be my yell. That'll be my yell. We'll, yell we'll to Cavs daily. Yeah. All well, right. it's kind of a bad. Wait, let me get, angry let
0: me get. Let me give my yell first. It's nice. It's okay. Nice. Yeah. 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 You do that. Kyle Guy first NBA points hit a nice long two off of a um off of a good screen and assist from former Duke opponent and um he was super happy and I'm happy for him. Hopefully he'll make some more. Uh, it's unclear like what his he might be a G League player his whole life, but. He, you know, King might be able to use him a little bit. I don't know. He's a pure shooter. So, congrats to Kyle. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle.
1: You saw how happy, like, the announcers were yeah, for Yeah, everyone was super happy for him. It Harry, was pretty Harry cool G- moment. Harry Giles. That's yeah, yeah. It was. yeah. So, right. yeah. We'll, we'll talk Cav Daily. Cav Daily, of course, y'all know, or I hope you know, I used to be sports editor at Cav Daily. Mm-hmm. So, I obviously, you know, I still read it a you little bit. You have some bit, opinions on I, But Daily. I do have some opinions. And I thought it was a really poor take this week. I thought, you know... They got it's, they got roasted. They like, did they, get roasted. They got burned. If they were going for clicks, they got the clicks. They got some clicks. But um, you saw the athletes come out against. Uh, mm-hmm. Micah Kaiser was out there. I'm mm-hmm. sure there were others. But yeah, it was a poor take. And I think part of the master plan too. If you look at Jim Ryan, you look at Carla Williams. Part of it is building these academic facilities and tutoring facilities and giving better resources to the players. Most of these players are not on scholarship. You know, there's. I just thought it was a really poor take and. I think the Cav Daily probably knows it. I think if they're smart, <laughs> they've checked their mm-hmm. social media feed and they've, I can tell you they get lots of emails as well. So I'm sure they've gotten those, but um, it wasn't my favorite take and no. I'm glad kind of, they kind of got roasted for it. I mean, I think, I mean, if you look at it, like a lot of
0: colleges don't make money off of athletics. Like if you just look at the athletics money, you know, a lot of schools do not make money off of it. And if you look at UCLA, UCLA just lost like $18 million in, it th- in its athletic department this past year. However, what they don't take into account is the fact that people remember. Like some of my happiest memories at UVA were because of athletic events. And like I will always give back to the university because of my. Like I don't want to give back for the long nights I spend in the library. Right? That's not happy to me. Like, like You're not you know, giving back to uh <laughs> Yeah
1: No, I'm not giving back Yeah, I'm
0: not giving back to like Gooch or whatever. Yeah. Like like Gooch is great, but I'm not giving back to Gooch. I'm giving back because like I had great time with great people at sporting events. And that's you know, that's not the that's true for everyone. But a lot of people enjoy watching sports in college. It's like a huge part of the college experience is going to sports games and watching sports and cheering for your sports team there's nothing else quite like it you know even at the professional level like you don't get the same kind of fandom that you do with college you know like the student section in college games is known for being crazy and nuts and it's because students just lose their mind and you keep that with you after you leave you don't just stop being you know a UVA fan like i've got friends who are casual basketball friend or fans and they still text me after games and be like wow that was close or wow we really almost that sucked that was awful and you know they they remember that and i think it's an under it you, you can't really calculate it but i think it's an undervalued thing when it comes to sports is how much that involves the students and how much it makes their time at the university
1: better yeah, which is what what they need to give back. And two things, like one, it's a tremendous marketing tool. Yes, obviously, like that's most of the exposure a lot of these universities have. Yeah, is at the athletic level. Like, look and,
0: at UMBC. Like, yeah, they, they're for real. They're things, and you know, yeah, sorry, go. Yeah, on.
1: and then yeah, but obviously it's huge, and I'm sure there's been some stuff to calculate that. And two, you just look at our coaches. You look at a Tony Bennett with five pillars. You look at Bronco and Hall. You know, I'll never forget Bronco and Halls introductory press conference partly Mm -hmm. because i covered it but partly because i just that was my first exposure to him and how unique of a guy he is Mm -hmm. and the first thing he said was you know they really defined it as the and principle but it was very clear in his opening press conference you know we're gonna have a great football team Mm -hmm. and great academics and great students and a great community blah 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 it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive and they're not trying to make it right exclusive yeah so next time do some research before you write the article yeah i think i think it was just like a you know and
0: the writer will get better at doing that, I'm sure. But I think it's just, you know, a lot of people hold on tight to sports. And even though it does lo- usually lose universities money in the end, I think it's a plus for the universities to have sports because marketing, as you said, also just experiences for the students. So, yeah, Cap Daily article. It was bad. <laughs> Hot, bad take, take. that. Cold take. And with that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Guys and Ties podcast. Uh, this has been fun. And we're gonna send out a football episode later this week. You know, it's basketball season. Weird that we're doing a football episode. It's very we usually don't. Usually, There's a lot to talk about. Usually after a lot fo- to talk about. Usually after football season we're like not talking about that for a while. That was wet. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> but this year it's gonna be uh interesting and we're gonna talk a lot about it uh, in this next episode so make sure to listen to that make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod for that bonus content that Rob puts out there. Thank you Rob for doing that. You're saying it's my
1: pleasure. And
0: uh, make sure to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep hearing our voices. Give us a rating if you like us. We like to read our ratings. It's fun and interesting. And uh, we will see you guys later this week. Go who's Be beat more safe